Hi, this is Quinn Wynn and Jesse Chu, co-founders of Paper Talk. Welcome to season five. We're here to share our paper flower journey, engage with makers and artists, and support other female entrepreneurs. Follow along as we give a voice to and nurture a community of paper florists from around the world. Hello, hello. This is Jesse and Quinn. We're hopping Hi. in in the month of July, and we're so excited to give you some updates. A lot has happened since the last time we poked in last month. And one thing that I'm so curious, because I actually really haven't talked to Jesse in actually a while, is your incredible print launch. Okay, how did you come up with this? What's the logistic? Bill, all your secrets, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> So let me just preface this by saying that I'm all new at this as well. <laughs> we learn as we go. <laughs> and yes, literally learn as we go. Yeah, no, this these prints actually, these images have been on my mind for three years now. You know, They're so since, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Ever since I shot them for my book. So if you haven't seen my images, let me tell you a little bit about them. They are images of the arrangements, the five arrangements that appear in my book, Paper Flower. And when I made these arrangements, I was thinking about exploring color and at the same time also teaching, obviously, because it's part mm -hmm. of the book, teaching how to arrange. And so when I came up with what these arrangements would look like, I really had to think about what flowers to incorporate, what flowers would work in at least two different colors, what flowers would be teachable and also what, and to make sure that there weren't too many redundancies. So there was yeah. a wide variety of flowers, different types of foliages and not just roses, right? Mm -hmm. So actually it took a while to get all that together and, and design these pieces to make sure that there were elements in each arrangement that made sense for the student who was learning in the tutorial and also for somebody who was just looking at the arrangement as an image. So yeah, so, you know, after putting all these, these flowers together, writing the tutorials, arranging them, I finally took photos of them for the book. At the time, when I was thinking about how to promote my book, one of the things I was thinking about was, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I could also promote the book by selling prints of them? Yeah. Ingenious. It's gorgeous. So it's, you know, what's <laughs> publishers these days, they <laughs> have, you know, they only have so much marketing clout, I would say. Yeah. A lot of it does rely on the author now to do a lot of the legwork. Publishing has changed so, so dramatically that it does rely heavily on the marketing and the marketing efforts mm -hmm. of the author themselves. So one thing I had discussed with my marketing guy, my marketing person was releasing prints and making sure that I could do it mm -hmm. because I did license out the images to them. So that was one thing I had to actually consider too, was the types of images I would use to sell and to make sure that I was using it to promote the book. So that was three years ago, but at the time, like so many things were going on, I wasn't quite ready, I think to to sell prints at the time I was still yeah I was still just doing commissions as I was you know until recently and I didn't really have a shop so doing all that stuff and I didn't really have like you know I had a substantial following but all of them really all the people who followed me was were not prepared for prints either yeah so I held off on that and then because this year my publisher decided to republish my book in a paperback format mm -hmm. it's now called paper flowers it's exact same book but in paperback it just seemed like the perfect time to do a print launch alongside that reissuing. Really a celebration of the re republication of it. Mm -hmm. And in a way, it was kind of an excuse for me to be like, hey, you know, there's no more excuses for myself. No more <laughs> procrastination. Like do something about with these prints that you have. Yes. So I have these images. I took like a million images. They were sent to my publisher. And so I have a lot of copies of these images as well. But there are images that I didn't, that aren't in the book. So those are the images that I took were the ones that didn't end up being in the book. 
but I also further edited them. Mm-hmm. So and you did this on Illustrator or Photoshop? Photoshop? Yeah. Yeah. Photoshop. So, I mean, luckily I'm quite familiar with Photoshop, but actually making these prints maybe even more familiar with them. I didn't realize how much I, my workflow improved. Actually, I would say my workflow improved a lot with these prints. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had to kind of educate myself on some some new ways of using the tools in Photoshop as well. Photoshop is so powerful. It is so powerful. And it is like, it is one of my favorite tools to use. Most photographers will have edited their photos. Not to the extent that I did, but generally photographers will, you know, edit their photos for, for lighting, for color correction, for maybe sharpening, those things to make the photo look, you know, even better. Maybe because when they took the photo, they didn't have ideal conditions, lighting conditions or whatever the case. So I did that, but then I took it and altered it even more. And I would say it's more like digital art now at this Mm -hmm. point, not just photography, but digital art, because there is cropping involved. There's painting involved, actually painting with the brushes in Photoshop. So have you thought about doing the NFT? I have, because my husband keeps on pushing me to do (laughs) NFT. This is the perfect opportunity. He's like, it's so easy. Just slap it on. I have to think about it in terms of how that will work with this release, given it's a limited edition release. Although NFTs are, are different, yeah, which is why you pointed out. Essentially, they're digital. So yeah. owning that doesn't mean that you, sorry, owning a print copy doesn't mean that you own the digital copy or not even copy. It's original digital yeah. copy of it at all. So, but that is a good reminder. You know what's really cool? Someone I saw, they have, you know, those new TVs that are like super slim. You can do a photo gallery on there or a painting, that would be a great way to showcase these NFTs and which I've seen people do, which is so cool. On their like panel. I know that is really cool, isn't it? Uh One thing at a time, Quinn, with your amazing ideas. Um, (laughs) (laughs) One thing at a time. I've gotten to the point where I actually physically put them out. (laughs) But yeah, no, like my whole thought process with this art piece was essentially reinterpreting my arrangements and seeing them with fresh eyes. And and I just couldn't help but tweak it. (laughs) When I ended up doing that was framing them and then, yeah, having bits and pieces kind of pop up so it looks three-dimensional. And and then I tested them. I tested them in terms of printing them in different sizes Mm -hmm. because they are cropped. And so there's an oval and there's white space. Yeah. It actually complicated things because it wasn't just an image and um and the customer could crop it whatever the way they wanted. It was, I had to determine actually the proportion between the white space and the image in the middle, you know, what looked good. And you have to think about the framing part. Yes. Where do you frame? Where do you put the matting? Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah, exactly. So it was actually, I mean, I always make it more complicated for myself than it has to be. <laughs> but I think that's where like your creativity kind of yes. grows and you, when you push yourself, right? Yep. To those limits, when you challenge yourself with doing something more. Exactly. Um, expressing yourself more. So that has been really interesting. And, and I've, you know, we were talking about social media. I did post some of the the things that I had worked on in terms of framing, in terms Mm -hmm. of how to put all five of the images together. So they look like a collection because they do look like a collection. It's beautiful. And actually that was one other thing that I was, I was thinking about when I did them in little oval frames was how to make them look like a collection. Because all five of them are different colors. And usually with a collection, if you think about an art collection, generally there is overlap in, there's a mood, there's a Mm -hmm. color palette that is similar in all of the images. That's why they, it's cohesive. 
so one of the difficulties I ran into when I was looking at all five of my images, while the style is similar, it's hard to kind of, in one glance, you wouldn't, you wouldn't really think that they are mm-hmm. from one set of collection. Yeah. They have different phases, they're different colors, the backgrounds are all different. So framing them was my, kind of my way of saying, okay, all of these look, you know, there's something similar about them. Yeah, And it's exactly. the way that they're presented. So yeah, after tweaking all of that, just deciding on the sizes and I have to figure out how to print them. <laughs> Can I tell you one thing that I absolutely love? I love that your signature, your Chinese ink mark on the images. That caught my attention right away. I was like, this is ingenious. And it's so (laughs) beautiful with the way that you framed everything. I was just like, you're so smart. (laughs) You know, I actually like, the signature was an interesting thing because I had, for some reason, like whenever, when I did prop it, I was like, you know what? I need to put something there to complete it. I think that's what, what for me was like to complete it. And maybe mm-hmm. it's because I'm used to seeing well Chinese, whether the calligraphy art or it's the actual artwork, they yeah. tend to have, they, they have that marking, that seal. And it seems to complete it for some reason. Like it's complete. Mm-hmm. Your eye knows where to rest. And yeah. so when I was doing these circles, I was like, for some reason, I need to rest my eye somewhere. I just, funny thing, growing up, I never liked red. Like it always was really like, oh, it's so Eastern. It's so like, <laughs> yes. it's so Chinese. Totally it's so like, yeah. because I grew up seeing that stuff right and I drew mm-hmm. and some of it is, can be tacky some of it let's be honest some of it can be tacky so it's kind of like you know how do you do it in a way that isn't and that's what was one of my biggest I think fears was doing it in a way that looked like oh it's like too much or too tacky or I'm trying too hard so I was very careful with the size of it I was ca- very careful with the color it's not a bright red it's like a darker red so it's mm-hmm. not too bright it's like the perfect red lipstick oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. so that, that was done on illustrator it was done in illustrator and then put in into there. So I actually have a stamp. So it was done mm-hmm. on a stamp. I scanned, scanned it and then, you know, did some things on it on Illustrator to make it red, the red I mm-hmm. wanted. And then yeah. I put it into Photoshop to make it the right size. I did end up putting my initials on it mm-hmm. because, well, nobody really understands what the stamp says. It actually says my <laughs> Chinese name. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I don't go by my Chinese name. My Chinese name is not Jesse Chu's, right? So what is your I, Chinese name? I don't think I know that either. It's Chu Yuxi. Oh, so pretty. So it actually means, it means, yeah, C means, C is a poem. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a pretty as a poem. That's what it means. Aww. I know, but. It's so sweet. Know. Yeah. It's <laughs> what my parents so named me. <laughs> but I don't go by that, right? So nobody knows who it's me. So I, I did put my English name, but initials, J. Mm-hmm. Choi or J. Chu. I think every artist kind of struggles with, oh my God, how do I sign my work? Like, how do yes. I, do I sign my full name? Do I sign what? Like, my initial, I bet I decided to do J. Chu because for, during my practice as a lawyer, as a litigator, that's how I refer to myself on record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's last it name, Choi, first initial J. So it literally is, it, it comes, like I can say it so easily. Just, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And like, that's what I would say. So then <laughs> yeah. it just made sense that, okay, well, that's what I would sign my, you know, my work. I think ultimately it did kind of complete the artwork in a way. Mm-hmm. It made it like, okay, this is art, not just like a photo. Cause I have prints of people's, well, not even prints. They're just original photos, other people's work and they don't have their name on it. And I'm always like, yeah. I wish I, your name was on it. I want to know who's, I want people to know who took this photo, that it wasn't just me. It's like, an artist who took it. So I think it is important to put your name, not just in the back, but at mm-hmm. the front, because that's where people will look at it. And if it can look like also part of the artwork, like it belongs there, yep. I think that's even more, mm-hmm. more beautiful. 
Yeah. And you did an incredible job. Oh, yes. Thank you. I hope you sell out because they're just <laughs> incredible. Okay. My next question is yeah. framing because when you get the print, it's just the print. Yeah. How did you go about choosing the frame and how would you tell the people that purchased the print, how would they go about framing it? Oh gosh. I think framing is such a personal thing. It is so personal. Yeah. yeah. It is so personal. And I think some people just have a, a preference for certain types of frames mm-hmm. and they gravitate towards it no matter what the art is. But I do think that one thing that would be helpful helpful when you're choosing, let's say, the color of the frame is to have the color of the frame pick up some sort of color that's in the image itself. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I I love white frames. I love gold frames. I pretty much yeah. only use white or gold. Yes. <laughs> I grew up with gold frames. My parents had gold frames everywhere, but I also prefer white ones because sometimes I just want to see the art mm-hmm. and I want the frame to kind of back off a little bit. And for this particular issue of images, they're really great. That's why I did put them in white frames because well, one, it's easy for mm-hmm. you to turn a frame to white, you just spray it with white. Yes. Um, but also because, you know, when you're listing it, you want people to really see the image, yeah. and not just the frame. So the cool thing about my prints is that I, they're 10 by 12 inches, but the actual image itself is smaller because it's oval, it's smaller. And so you can actually trim down the white part to fit it into also eight by 10. Mm-hmm. So there's two sizes that you can frame it or you can mat it. If you are framing it in any other color, I think you actually have to like kind of experiment and see like, does it look, what does it look like? And does it match everything else that I have? I'll tell you the paper that it's printed on normally doesn't really matter for the customer, but in yeah. this case where there's so much white space, mm-hmm. it does matter. Actually it's off, it's an off white. So it's not like a bright, bright white it's a little bit off-white. So if you have frames that are a little bit warmer on the gold side, it works well Mm -hmm. as well. But also if you have frames that are white, it's not going to be too stark. But otherwise with framing, I mean, my hope is that you can pair them up or triple them up because they look beautiful together in different sizes or that they fit with your existing, you know, prints or artwork in different ways too. Because I think with a really, with a frame that perhaps has a little bit of personality, I think it will look amazing. Okay. So my other question is, you're probably getting inquiries about how are you shipping these out? How can I expect them to arrive? How the process of choosing your shipping or drop shipping or mailing it out yourself, what was the pros and cons of each of them? And you probably went through all of them. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. I spent so much time like thinking about things like, and you want, you always want it perfect, but you can't, but there's so many options. And I think that's what's overwhelming is we live in a world today where there's so many options. There's so many shipping companies. There's so many printing companies. And my thought process was, to be honest, this is like my first collection. This is my first print offering. I just need to get it out there. (laughs) So for any of you guys who are like, I don't know if I want to sell my paper flowers, like you're holding on to them, just like put them out in the world. Yes. Because you don't know who will buy them. Maybe yep. nobody. And that's okay. Because mm-hmm. as you keep on putting them out, people then start knowing that, oh, you do offer these things. Yeah. Right. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, <laughs> maybe nobody will buy it. But now people know I offer it. So mm-hmm. from then on, people will follow me if they want prints as well. So my thinking was, okay, this is first go. I'm going to do, I'm going to try to deliver like the best quality that I can, but make it easy for myself. I'm yeah. not going to invest a, like a ton of money 
money on this because I don't know what the return will be. Mm -hmm. But also like shipping is tricky, (laughs) especially when you're shipping internationally. Yep. You have like the shipping rates are all over the place when it comes Mm -hmm. to that. And you can't control how many prints and thus how heavy that package is going to be. Right. So I kept everything simple. So first of all, I offer only one size, just Mm -hmm. one. At first I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll offer three. No, just one. (laughs) Three is too much. Like there's too many variables, right? The shipping cost for one small one is going to be very different from shipping cost for a big one because 11 by 14, some shipping companies and some, some businesses will put them in a roll. And that's a lot heavier. And that size is a lot bigger and shipping is more expensive than shipping it flat. So too many variables to begin with. I don't even know if people will buy. So I'm offering one. I'm Mm -hmm. also offering it limited as well. I decided limited edition. There's many opinions on, on that in terms of how small, how big I chose something in the middle 35, like 25 seemed like mm, maybe not too enough. 50 seemed too much. Mm-hmm. So somewhere in the middle, I decided that I, I didn't want to ship them out myself because I mean, I don't first like I don't, boxes and yes. you have to go to the mailbox and drop it off. And you have to think about the packaging wise and so many different variables. Like, yeah. I think I it's smart. I don't have this one. I don't have the space. I don't. Yeah. Second, I, I think what scared me the most was quoting shipping incorrectly, which I think everyone's afraid of. Yes. Cause <laughs> you have to eat the cost. You don't want to pass that incorrect to the yeah. customer. Yeah. And I also feel like you kind of set them up for certain expectations. Mm-hmm. Right. If you quote really quote drastically incorrectly, you're yeah. you know, and the next time they buy from you, they'll be like, What the like, why yes. is it the cor- yes. quote unquote correct one when it's exactly. so much the like the variable? They can't they what do you call it? They can't really rely on you yep. <laughs> to know you're what you're trust. doing. Yes, exactly. Trust. So if you're inconsistent, then they're gonna be like, hmm, I don't I don't know if I'm getting what I'm paying for. And so I don't want to do that. I don't want to be like, I'm gonna charge 50 bucks no matter what it is. That seems excessive. But at the same time, I don't want to undercharge completely because then I will, it'll cut into my profits, right? Exactly. And so to be fair, uh, I decided I'm not going to try shipping right now until I have a better idea of what that range of shipping will be like, mm-hmm. but that risk being borne by someone else, <laughs> yeah. not me. So one of the things I did look into was local shipper, like local, sorry, local printers, mm-hmm. but, and also drop shippers and drop shippers can be from anywhere. A lot of my local printing companies did not do drop shipping and my local companies are in Toronto and Mississauga. And also I, the ones that did, I wasn't sure about the quality mm-hmm. in terms of the type of papers I wanted to use. So. Yeah. There were, I wanted my papers to be archival, acid free. Um, I wanted them to be, to have two options. One being a, a photo option, like a luster photo print option. And I also wanted just a matte archival, 100% cotton option. Cause I wasn't sure what kind of paper I wanted to use, but I knew I wanted to use either one of them. Did you do a lot of tests where you asked them to print it and then send it to you so you can see the different varieties of paper that they offer and how they shipped it? So the great thing is a lot of these companies offer samples. So yeah. I did buy sample packages from them in terms of mm-hmm. types of paper. Some of them are better than others in terms of showing the color. My main concern was the depth of the grays and, and blacks because my work has a lot of high contrast, which would be different from someone else who doesn't. So mm-hmm. it really is very particular to, yeah, the image. And so once I narrowed that down and I narrowed down also the, the type of papers I wanted to use and mm-hmm. I was satisfied with what they could, whether it is drop shipping or it could be shipped to me and I ship it out. Then I just, then I actually ordered prints from them in different sizes, in different 
different types of papers. So mm-hmm. even if even one, you know, even like the matte cotton paper, there's so many different types. So I ordered different sizes in different, in different brands just mm-hmm. to see, you know, and compare like, what do I like better? What I don't. And so I mainly ordered from two places. One was in the States and one in, in Canada. And that's because I wanted to be able to offer people who were buying from Canada, a Canadian printer. And then in the US, a US printer, but mm-hmm. printing on the same type of paper yeah. because it is part of the same collection, right? So you have two companies that are So I have two companies. Yeah. Okay. So I have two companies who are shipping them out. The Canadian, I'm going to tell you, the Canadian one is like so expensive. <laughs> <laughs> it's so expensive. I like, but you know, I don't, I, I don't want my Canadian customers to have to pay customs. Yeah. You know, it's so like. It's well, it, yeah. I mean, the taxes are fine. It's the brokerage where they, you know, it's a brokerage. They ding you ten, fifteen dollars for like for taxes that are like ten dollars. I, I always say, like, you know what, taxes. It is what it is. If you buy here locally, you have to pay taxes. But the brokerage fee is some fee is something that you really don't have to pay. And I so I wanted to be able to provide the similar quality from mm-hmm. both printers, and I I knew I wanted good quality <laughs> because I had printed a couple years ago. I had made prints of my own from mm-hmm. some drop shippers and I there was one of them that I wasn't that great like that much of a fan of I didn't think that the printing was was as good and I understand why because my uh, it's it's part of it is because of my images my images being high contrast it's it's really hard for some of these companies to print them without me knowing one, what their printer profile is and what kind of paper they're using. So heads up with matte paper, like it doesn't capture blacks that well, which is why actually with this set of collection, I had to really pull back the shadows and the darks so that they would be more three-dimensional on the matte paper. Mm-hmm. How did you know that to pull it off? Because I think a lot of people, they was just print it, send it to the printer and trust that the printer would do their magic and get it back. But how did you learn on the job or how did you figure this out? Yeah. So part of it was because I had printed, made prints for myself, for my home a couple of years back. And that printer that I had used, it was struggling with that black. Mm-hmm. And then when, as I was doing some research and I was talking to some photographers as well, um, I learned that the, the blacks can be very difficult to capture with some inkjets and paper because they just don't have as one, maybe that inkjet just doesn't have as many colors uh, or two, the paper just isn't meant for really high contrast. So what I mean is like, for example, if you just print something that looks like black, but it has a lot of different shades of black, Yep. Some of the paper or inkjets, they can't capture that subtly. So it looks all black. But when you print it on, for example, photo paper, it tends to show up better. And that's just because of the paper. That's what happens. So one of the things I actually had to decide was whether or not to use a photo paper or a, a matte paper. And for these, I decided to do matte because of the way that I had digital altered. I, I just felt like they more, were more like paintings than, than photographs. So that's why I chose that. But I, it really was experimenting because I did have have one of them printed in Leicester and I could see like the colors were so it was so different it was like so it's a different feeling so yeah. you kind of you do have to print it out and see it with your hands to make that decision of whether or not the feeling you want to evoke works with the paper or exactly. vice versa so that's what I had to do was I had to order that the those paper uh, the the samples because they're they're called samples but they're really you're paying for them yes. samples um, to see which ones I would actually offer for sale making that decision was was quite difficult actually but you kind of just have to go through that process so I ended up the the two printers that I ended up going with 
both of them do drop shipping. There's good things and bad things about drop shipping. For one, the great thing is that you don't have to have any of the materials, the packing materials. You don't have to have any inventory. You can order as people order as well. So you're not going to put too much money up front. The negative thing is not all drop shippers want to specialize in printing, fine art prints. And that's where you have to be careful because there are so many drop shipping companies. They're wonderful. You know, two off the top of my list, Printful, wonderful. Art of Wear, which is a Canadian one. So many of these places that are like, offer other products as well. Yeah. Amazing. But they don't specialize in fine art printing. And so the printer they use and the papers are restricted. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have as much choice in terms of the papers. And you, my personal experience for photography, I'm not talking about fine, like I'm not talking about painting, but photography, I find that they have limitations in terms of what kind of editing they can do. So when you're doing fine art prints, like I would suggest a drop, it's not even drop shipping. It's just a company that prints uh, photo photographs or images. That's all they do. That's Mm -hmm. like literally all they do. They have like many different types of papers and they offer a service where you can put in a different shipping address from the billing address. Because that's really all you need is yours of the billing address. And then the ship, the, who you're going to ship to is your client, right? Yeah. So on your website, you have, they buy from you, they pay for it. Mm-hmm. And hopefully your listing will reflect one, your profit and two, the shipping price that your shipper or drop mm-hmm. shipper will charge you. And then you on the back end, go to their website. You probably have an account with them. You've uploaded your image. You're the billing address but the shipping address is your client. And and you got to figure out the taxes too, whether or not they charge tax on you. If they do ch- charge tax on you, make sure you, you know, you take that into account or you charge it to your client and whatnot. I was very lucky. Both of the these companies offer drop shipping. So nothing fancy as in there's no integration with my mm-hmm. website, but they offer a service where if the shipping address is different from the uh, billing address, they'll ship it white label. So they won't have, won't put their company Logo. name on it, yeah. but they'll put your company name on it. They might, include something like a note or include, you know, a business card. There's a fee for that. And then the return address is going to be their return address, but it's still going to be white label. So your customer is not going to know exactly where it came from. So there is, an, I think the 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 pros are, there's so many pros, especially like <laughs> me where I'm trying, like, I don't know who's going to buy, like, I'm not sure I want to invest a lot on the, on the front to have all these prints in my house and nobody exactly. buys them. On the other hand, the con is there's some, it's a, it can be a bit impersonal if it's not done well, like your customer, mm-hmm. let's say knowing that it's drop shipped, which you guys will know it is, but also like, let's say when it is drop shipped, like there's, there's no information whatsoever about what it is. It's just like you open it and it's like, oh, here, did I buy that? Like, where did yeah. it come from? I don't remember. Yes. So there's like a fine balance in terms of finding that kind of personal touch. Mm-hmm. So my plan actually is to send out a, a note to everyone from my end, you know, thanking them for buying a print and they should expect the print in a couple of weeks, you know, but something separate. It's not, I'm, you know, like sending out a, a card is very inexpensive nowadays. And you can do a lot of them, right? And personalize them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one way to kind of make it seem like, not even seem, it's just thanking them really on your end. And then letting someone else who is specializes in all this, you know, shipping and printing, do their stuff on their end and kind of have that meet without, without really worrying about what the cost is going to be and, and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. I love that. That's great. Yeah. I hope it's super successful, which I think it will be. Aw. Keep working on well, love so those grateful. Like, <laughs> I'm so grateful for people support for everyone encouraging me there's I think it's it's so heartwarming knowing that people like your work enough to buy it you know know. it's It's like I I was yeah I always remind myself like you know what that like how empowering it is just to have that one sale you know it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter how 
how many, like the many and the better way, you know, that'd be awesome. But at the same time, like just know when people want to collect your work and, mm-hmm. and appreciate your work, whether it's prints, whether they are flowers or whatever it might be. Yeah. Like, I think there's something really powerful in that to kind yeah. of keep you going. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, if you have any questions, ping us at at papertalkpodcast.com or open books. As you all know, we'd love to share. So if you have any questions, let us know. And we are so excited. We are already planning out what's happening in the fall. And we're probably going to do another or two episode of kind of like this one piece where we kind of give you an update. And next month, there's going to be a really fun update from me, but I will share that next month. (laughs) So keep you on your toes, but it'll, it'll be super fun. And I am really enjoying my summer. It's been, we finally have heat here in Seattle (laughs) compared to the Midwest, which they have too much heat. But yeah, it's been really nice kind of staying low key, working on my own projects. And I'm just loving this, like not quite stress-free, but very low key working at my own pace, which is really, really nice. Yeah. I think sometimes the summer calls for that. Yeah. Exactly. It's a good time to focus on yourself. I hope everyone is. And again, if you have any questions, let us know, you guys. Have a wonderful summer. We'll touch base again in August. Bye, guys. Bye. We would love to thank you, our listener, and especially our patrons for supporting our podcast, Paper Talk, and for making season five possible. 